0: Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast. This is your weekly AEW review you and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. Gnarly. Charlie. Beautiful intro, as always. Yo, what's up, everybody? They call me the Duke. They call me the Digital Phantom. I am the other half of our hosting duo, Bane Duke, also known as the Duke of Derbs. Yo 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 yo. I don't know. Like right. Maybe I was a dying fork. <laughs> <dog. laughs> <laughs> <He's a> dying <laughs> over hey. there. Anyway, um, good some good wrestling this week. Um, some really fun stuff. Uh, some absolute slobber knock in action, as Jim Ross likes to say. Um. People got the shit kicked out of them this week, Charlie. Um.
1: <laughs> Holy shit, they did! And I, I genuinely, Garrett, I cannot wait to dive into some of these matches.
0: I just same, 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 same. Especially our favorites this week. AEW is
1: just in a, such a nice spot right now.
0: They are, which is kind of weird to say, because like they just had like all the injuries, but you know, like they got a big enough roster. So people that were complaining about the roster size, I Tony Khan must have fucking known. He paid paid some like uh mystic on a mountain to tell him you know you must sign more now you are gonna get injuries on this date you know so um so that's great but um before we get into some of the other stuff this week there are a few orders of business to take care of off of the top the first of being uh whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on make sure you go ahead and hit follow subscribe whichever button appears on that platform it apple podcast school google, google podcast or spotify i actually thought i fumbled over those words but i actually didn't there hey 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 but anyway um and also make sure you follow us on twitter you can follow me at bane duke as i mentioned already b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e on twitter and charlie is at O charlie with an x instead of an a all right um so as always this week we're gonna start off as we always do with our favorites and uh since we're on odd episode i believe it's uh it's on me this week so yes it is uh we're gonna start off with actually the uh the excuse me the opening we're gonna start off with the opening of rampage which is uh a bit odd but hey whatever we'll take it um we always like to say that they open and close the shows pretty solidly good matches so it makes sense uh, we had kanosuke Takeshita taking on eddie Kingston. Um, which just on paper sounds awesome. Um, I think this is like one of those random matches I rattled off that I wanted like right after um excuse me, Kanosuke came to the company because just about his style and how they hurt like how it hurt, probably hurts to wrestle him and blah blah blah. But like I, I wrote so much down about this match. Um Konosuke just looks super smooth when he's like transitioning like between the locks and the whole like the sort of like the mat wrestling that I always talk about. He just looks so damn smooth doing it. And I don't know what it is about when Kanosuke does like those flying like elbows and like when he just flies across the ring just jumping. He just like he floats, dude, like Dante Martin f- like f- like kind of like levitates, but this guy like he floats across the ring. I don't even it's it's the most wild thing I've the ever seen. The way he
1: executes those moves, man, it just feels so believable.
0: A Couple of things. Uh first of all, Eddie Kingston absolutely deserves the Jun match. Um I don't know why they haven't just like figured that out yet. Just make it happen. Like, whoever is, like, whether it's AEW or the people that Akiyama works for, make the match happen. The guy obviously wants to put on, like, one of the greatest matches of all time. And that's his guy. So, make it happen, wrestling world. I'm calling you out. But anyway, um, there was a series of, like, heavy strikes. And then it went into this sequence that was, like, German suplex from Kanosuke. a suplex from, from Kingston. Another German suplex from Kanosuke. And and now, I, I believe on that one, Eddie, like, literally landed on his fucking head. Like, um... Yes. And then that floated over, and then uh, after that German hit, hit they hit like what they called like a raking Siguri, which just sounds awful and l- looked awful to take too. Um, and <laughs> then that was followed up with a running knee by T- 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 Um You know, I don't like obviously seeing Takesha take a loss here. Um but after the incredible like sequence of near falls that led up to it, it it felt like he didn't like just lose the match and he also I think took two hurricanes to put him down so which is that spinning back fist from Eddie um so like that's you know I think the only other person that we've seen take two hurricanes was like a big dude right like so not that Kanosuke yeah,
1: yeah and and I'm with you on this one man this was just yet again another star making performance for Kanosuke Takeshita
0: How have they not signed him yet Charlie
1: uh, maybe they're not legally able to because of the partnership with DDT. So he's just on an excursion, but maybe I'm sure they'll make a way to extend the excursion. If
0: there's not like a four <laughs> years left or something shit on like his DDT deal, like they've got to figure out how to sign this guy. Cause he's a star for an American audience. Like. He's
1: special. He's very special. And yeah, that sequence you went over and just even at the end there, blocking the first spinning back fist and then going on to just,
0: yeah how often do you see that that someone actually blocks us spinning back this like
1: yeah and i gotta say i think you nailed everything man this very smooth match eddie kingston again he's such a great wrestler Takeshita, you know knocking it out of the park yet again it, it's a match i didn't know i needed but as soon as we saw it on wednesday that this was going to be happening friday i was like, oh my god yes <laughs> Count me the fuck in.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, this but, is going to be... I just... Uh, I, I like want to see Keno State on TV more.
1: That was definitely one of my favorites. And then let's hop into my actual favorite. And that was the debut. The AEW debut of Roosh. Facing off with Penta Oscuro. I thought Roosh looked fantastic in his uh, singles debut here. Right off the bat, these guys are just chopping the shit out of each other. You're already like, here we go. They... They've done this before. This is not their first match. It's time to do this in front of the American audience, in front of you know a national TV audience.
0: Twenty seconds into the match, Jose and Alex just attack each other because of Lamal, which I think is hilarious. uh, And we need
1: fucking landing spears. I mean, dude, they they did it all, and but this doesn't go without a little. um, It wasn't a perfect match. It wasn't flawless because at the end. They did the Penta mask thing again. And the only reason I say again is because I believe three of the last four times Penta lost, someone took off his mask.
0: I think people are literally just probably coming up with that idea because they're like, how do we beat Penta without beating Penta right now? Like, (laughs) because they don't want to, no one wants Penta to lose this momentum because Penta's awesome right now. But like,
1: I'm imagining at Fighter Fest week two, we're going to get the Lucha Brothers versus Roosh and Andrade and it's going to be fucking incredible.
0: Yeah, that, that should be really awesome. That being
1: said, I thought Roosh and Penta here, just such great chemistry, such big – a lot of the big, like, luchador-type spots, whether it was hitting missile dropkicks, bullhorn dropkicks, the chops like we mentioned. But, yeah, so I, I really like this match, and I have not watched Roosh wrestle in a long time because I did not really keep up with his ROH run. I think I watched him wrestle Bandito in ROH, and that's it, so – it's yeah, been a long time. This was my first
0: Roosh match, personally, and I really enjoyed. And it. And for
1: being his first first Roosh match, yeah. What did what you think of this one?
0: Uh, yeah, like I said, Jose and Alex being being that just like uh, pops me every time they attack each other just for no reason, and I love that it was just like out of nowhere. And then Jose was like, "What? i fine. I guess we're fighting now." Like, <laughs> it was great. Um, there was a beautiful looking like snap power slam from Roosh at one point on Pentel, Oh, yeah. was a really really great looking spot, like. That's, like, when I talk about, like, a, a big dude can just make a really... That's, like, honestly not that complicated of a... I mean, I'm sure a power slam isn't easy, but, like, that's, like, a pretty... A lot of people hit power slams. The only other person I can think of that hit a power slam, like, that was Randy. And Randy's isn't that tight. That thing looks nasty. But, um, like you said, the chop battle, um, then they, then there was a sequence, dude, where they kept headbutting and throwing knees and palm strikes. And it was just, like, nasty. Nasty. And I kind of want to see Roosh versus um, uh, Ray Phoenix in, as well now, because of how Ray Phoenix wrestles and how he just puts all of that like force in the world into every chop and throw and move. And
1: dude, that match is gonna kick ass.
0: So I just I I'm really excited for what's going out of this, and like like this was just an awesome match. Um, I was really excited too because once I saw like Roosh's body type and his like ability to like it looked, you could just kind of look at somebody sometimes and be like, yeah, this is gonna be a really fun. Like I can tell, even if they don't wrestle the way I think they do, that it's gonna be really cool, just because they're like they look like. Some people are just built for wrestling. I feel like Roosh is a perfect example. Um. Anyway, um. But yeah, no, I, I for a first for a first match that I've seen, I'm I'm excited to see what this person does. So, uh, yeah. And anyway,
1: yeah. So that being said, I mean, what we'll kind of do now is. We'll hit a little bit of news here that we got for this week, and then we're gonna dump jump into some elevation and dark results, followed by the rampage and dynamite results. Excuse me. Uh, by the way, I can't wait to talk about dark because I think we got one of them on my list for uh, favorites of the year. So, really, can't wait to talk about that? Oh yeah.
0: So probably, uh, I should probably have been keeping a list of favorites of the year. We, I have not been.
1: We have a couple uh, little short news things here. So we have Pac's second title defense, which, by the way, his first title defense is going to be on this week's, this following week's AEW Dark. So the, as you guys are listening to this, you know, everything you guys listen to is in the past, but this actual week's AEW Dark, you can catch Pac versus Shoday menu. his second title yes. defense will be in July at an over-the-top wrestling promotion, which is, I believe is an Irish promotion, and it will be against LJ Cleary. Someone who I'm not familiar with. But what I'm guessing AEW is going to do is put that match on an Elevation or a Dark. And Garrett, I fucking love that idea, by the way, of putting I mean, these title matches on Elevation or Dark that are in other wrestling companies so we yeah. can still watch the match without seeking out said wrestling company. That's good for everyone
0: it does suck because it means like some actual dark matches will probably get cut. That would have originally gone in those places. But I mean, like the other thing is, um, the, the, the thing I think, I think it's interesting about this is like, is I was thinking about it just now. Like you couldn't do this on TV. You couldn't just be like, yeah, and we're going to show this match that was recorded two days ago or something like that yeah. or, like, in the middle of this hour of wrestling. Like, no, you can't do that. You can't. Um, so like, unless you specifically said like, Hey, we're going to tape this episode of, Rampage weirdly this week, where we shoot this match over here and then we cut back and they just put a bunch of AEW stuff up on the ring or something so that it would look like it would look seamlessly or something. But like, um, but there'd be no way to do it, so you have to do it like this. So I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. I don't know, right? I'm, It's I'm a way for us to watch the match. Like I said, I'm just glad I don't have to go find them now. So um,
1: 100% agreed. And we've had some darks run you know two hours, and this I'm sure they're just going to add to these. Because dark's already taped, so you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Some more news, some more impact news. Actually, last week we had Alan. A- we talked about Alan Angels debuting, and we got another guy, uh, Kushida. He debuted in the uh, Inner Inner Derby City Rumble.
0: So cool. Yep, cool for well, Kushida. Let's see what Kushida um, does over there. Impact is actually building a pretty interesting roster. So I mean, they might actually like in the in the mix again. You never know.
1: Yeah. Hey, if we hear about their next fucking big pay-per-view doing well, I'll, I'm always down to... If we get some hype going into it... I like their champion, Josh Alexander. so
0: Yeah, he's really uh, good. So
1: Tony Khan has announced Forbidden Door events will remain in North America. He was speaking to the New York Post. And he said the idea of doing an event over there with AEW stars and New Japan stars is very potentially interesting. But if it happens, it won't be Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door is going to stay in North America. It wouldn't make sense with the time zones, the revenue. So, you know, if they do... I'm guessing there's going to be a New Japan show, whether it's Wrestle Kingdom, which makes the most sense, Where you're going to have AEW guys show up. Because last year they tried making Wrestle Kingdom three nights. You can make it three nights again if you if instead of Noah, instead of pro wrestling Noah athletes showing up, you have new uh, AEW. So yeah, that's cool because uh, I know that is worthy of note because we talked about before maybe Forbidden Door 2 is in the Tokyo Dome and like how cool
0: that could be. I like, say that's not happening, but it, it's a little disappointing because you were thinking, it could, what I was saying to you before the show was like, you know, I, the way I was hearing it, like Rocky Romero and, you know, John Moxley were doing a lot of in-between and I'm sure other other pro wrestlers as well were doing a lot of in-between and it sounded like the relationship was good. Um, but then I also just heard that apparently Tony Khan and Gato didn't meet until the day of the event. So, yeah, so. I, I don't know what that suggests. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, uh, but, Either way, you know, as long as they can work this out and we can get, like, I would love, even if it's not like a, I would love, like, some sort of other crossover show that was in Japan. Like, even if we can't get a Forbidden Door uh, over there, like, there has to be some way to get American wrestlers in Japan like that, like, without it just being on a New Japan show, like, I don't know, but.
1: And our last little bit of news here was Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling's Mayu Yameshita, who recently was on AEW. Has earned mm-hmm. a future shot at the AEW Women's World Championship. Yemeshda put herself in line for a shot at at the championship by defeating Thunder Rosa in a non-title match at TJPW Summer Sun Princess 2022 event on Saturday. Rosa said during the lead to the match that she would give Yemeshda a title shot if Yemeshda won. Uh, a date obviously hasn't been set, but during the press conference, Rosa said Yemeshda knows her schedule and knows where AEW goes.
0: So cool. Tyler Perkins as a wrestling. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: And what's cool, what, what's worth of note here is uh, we actually did. commented on this a couple of weeks ago when Meltzer mentioned mm-hmm. a report that AEW is interested in doing a Rosa versus a match So
0: match Yeah, so this was sense. the setup for that, and we'll get that down the road. So that kind of also somewhat confirms, because if they're down the road booking for title matches like this, I guess it doesn't have to be Rosa. But you would think it would be the person she pinned, So or maybe yeah. we'll get this. Maybe we'll just get this on a random. Um, maybe Fighter
1: thing. Fest night too. Maybe this is. I know. Who knows, right? Did
0: maybe. did they screw up the graphics? I thought it said week one on it instead of night. Yes, one. yes, week
1: two. Week two. My bad. Yeah, it's a two week thing.
0: Okay, so Fighter Fest is two weeks. I'm yeah, not sure. The, seen a Fighter Fest the of greatest course. image ever. Uh, that that weird. weird. look Okay, like we'll talk about it when we get to <laughs> it. But that shark cage looks uh, fucking weird. So um, yeah, man.
1: Oh, I got a funny pitch for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take the people through uh, some Dark Elevation results, Garrett.
0: Yeah, AEW Fourth of July
1: edition, by the
0: way. Yep. AEW Dark Elevation episode number 74th of July special, which was only 36 minutes, question mark? Whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Or maybe there was a plan. My, you know what my thought was with this, Charlie? Maybe there was a plan to release a special episode, but then they realized, oh, the fourth is on a Monday. Shit. <laughs> People complain about when well, we release two in one day. Let's not do that this time. And then they were just like, "Well, we'll just call it the Fourth of July special anyway." Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. The show opened up with Anna J being accompanied by Negative One. Um, this is a really quick uh, kind of squash deal to it. There was um... oh, by the way, the jobber in this match was kind of entertaining. She did some. She was like a gymnast or something, and she did like a uh, weird, like horror-themed, like flip forward. It kind of vibed to me like when um. Uh, alexa bliss broke her arm kayfabe you know what i mean um and uh popped it out of socket or whatever um yeah and, but i have no know where they find these people but it was kind of funny and then she did that and then anna jay was just like nah we're not doing that shit you know and then uh <laughs> the queen slayer nah, fucking happened. <laughs> and she's been picking up some wins on dark recently so i'm just my only question is i, I wonder who anna jay is losing to um
1: yeah, she's. You know, I always she's- say it, and I'm
0: always right, and it sucks, but it's the kind of. The, it's like I said, she's like the female Eddie Kingston, and you can't have her win, but you also can't have her lose too much. Like, anyway,
1: she got uh, a we, record,
0: right? Yeah, we had the best friends picking up a win. Um, you know, they they kind of let the the, uh, the other guys do a little bit in the match, which I thought was interesting. And then Chuck hit this like nasty looking pile driver for the win, which I mean, I, I think. Question, was this taped like randomly weird time? Like I don't know what the hell. Like we haven't had them like it wasn't until Rocky went back to New Japan that they even needed to start tagging together again. They almost kind of sort yeah, of I think they're just back back now. Up.
1: yep. I th- I think I think they're just back now.
0: It is a little weird that we went back to Rapungi Vice for like six months or whatever and like they did some really great stuff and even got titles I loved but, it. Yeah,
1: I, I even predicted them to win the titles.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think that they actually could have, and it would have been really interesting, but obviously now, well, maybe it's because Orange was, do you think it was really because of, genuinely because Orange was gone, and they didn't want to do the trip, the, the tag? Probably, the, and they knew when Orange yeah. would come
1: back, they could reunite the team again, and get some okay. pops going with the new song and everything.
0: Okay. I mean, fair enough, I am I spent way longer talking about this match than I thought to, but yeah, like that, like Omega Driver looking I think that's what it's called, like 2K22 or something, um, it looked really cool. We had uh, the first of two matches this week featuring Lethal and Satnam Singh, One in a Billion, um, and uh, this was really quick. Um, Satnam looks strong as fuck. Um, yeah, he does. I don't think that man even moved, and he just like got lifted into the air. Um, and he has like a tornado power bomb that is his finish that looks absolutely nasty. Um, Satnam Singh might actually be awesome. I don't think he's gonna be wrestling longer than five to ten minute matches, but it's gonna be great, I think. Hopefully. I mean you put him in there with the right people and it could be awesome. So
1: yep. and so so far, so good.
0: Uh how long before uh Wardlow gets pinned by Satnam Singh for the uh, TNT champion no, I'm just Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um but um yeah, and I thought that was it was fine. Um, we had Anthony Agogo. So he wasn't on commentary this week for Elevation uh, because he had a match and it was really fast. The, again, the dude tried to do some shit and he was like, no, dude, we're not. And he just hit the we're governor's hammer. Yeah. Hits the governor's hammer for the W um and then we had one of my favorite actually like just random throwing togethers of a team they've done recently we actually talked about I think about this last week that this was going to be a, t- a pairing that they did and we had uh hikaru shida t- and uh Yuka Sakazaki, yukasakasaki Yuka Sakazaki teaming up to take on some jobbers and uh, i just thought this team had some really cool energy um they did Bro, Yuka is way too strong for that small. Did you see how long she held on to That's that one? Incredible. For?
1: Yuka Sakazaki
0: seriously. That chick was me. not small, and she was just like, yoink, and just held her up there while while who like while she figured out the spot, like to hit the Falcon arrow to to end it. Like that was like wild. I was just like, damn, all right, Yuka. I ain't gonna fuck with you. Um but I, I I'm I'm glad that Yuka is back and listed on the roster again and stuff like because I would like to see Yuka used more like if you need someone I mean I don't want Yuka to become a person that just loses to people but if they got a cool enough moveset, you could do it like just give Yuka some time like this is part of my big complaint is like they don't use the women like this enough like you could use Yuka in like a mid card like feeding people wins role like and or anybody for that matter that can put on a good match and then just have them and they've done this before and it Yuka can, like the, if you if you
1: Dude, right now, you ready for this? Okay. If Yuka's able to pick up and lift Jade over her head, I think you could build a fucking entire story storyline around it, and she could be the one that beats her.
0: That would be awesome. I don't Literally, know if that's yeah, possible. a David versus
1: fucking Goliath storyline.
0: Because the image against them across the doing from each other would be incredible. But I right? mean, like, I, I right. if she can, that'd be awesome. I don't know if that's going to happen. Jade probably has to help a little bit on that one, but um
1: could you imagine like a cesaro picking up fucking big show type type vibe no
0: absolutely the vibe no absolutely i agree like and like and she's she might be strong enough to do it i just don't you know i don't want to Tony
1: should just be like hey so i need to try something Uh, i need you
0: to try and lift jade really quickly for me can you pick her
1: up over your head
0: (laughs) and then jade's just like what the fuck like you know like (laughs) anyway (laughs) um but yeah no i so i'm i want to see them uh tag them together again they seem like a fun team i it feels like the more women they tag together though charlie that they're gonna they're gonna introduce women's tag titles and it's gonna be fucking nonsense um
1: fuck no do not want it
0: but anyway not that i don't think that could ever work by the way i expect it's it to work not, like,
1: this company is not the wow
0: and like stardom i expect them to have tag titles and stuff like that because they're just a wrestling promotion at that point you know what i mean but like anyway so but we'll actually talk about the main event of the show actually now instead of just stretching like i have been um but we had the the factories qt marshall solo sorry qt marshall solo and Kamaroto taking on dark orders uno 10 and reynolds which is again i i it appears to be the trio they're going with um going forward i would rather it be silver but they obviously wouldn't use silver in singles um and they were also accompanied by negative one on the show a lot of negative one this week um
1: yeah, i think with them being in rochester they planned it out
0: absolutely completely makes sense you know probably got uno or sorry got negative one and the others all in when like they could get uh Brody lee or whatever junior uh and in, in for this stuff but anyway they had a triple uh triple uh, loading the brain all right sorry um triple body slams but i could not get that out it just didn't (laughs) win. maybe i made my brain fucking reboot bro pop
1: me i guarantee i wasn't the only one
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyway um we had a classic AEW tag team main event and we had 10 pick up his first of two wins on dark this week with a discus lariat um and it was good it was good stuff in there um you put those six in you're gonna get something good uh and then that takes us to AEW dark episode 151 rum pineapple juice go
1: all right. 151. Thank you. I was actually I was actually wondering what episode it was.
0: You like what I did there too. Anyway, um I did.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Holy fuck. The match we open up with. Lee Moriarty oh, yeah. facing off with Leon Ruffin. Dude, I Okay, now I know what you mean. Yeah. Loved this match. This was fantastic. Leon Ruffin, formerly of Leon Ruffin NXT. I just To me, Garrett, I haven't mentioned this in a while, and like you, I need to go back and mention and figure out what matches I said this for. This is definitely on the potential of my Dark matches of the year. I do think this will probably make the top five. Like, I know for a fact right now, this is my favorite match on Dark in months. Easily months. And I just thought the chemistry these guys had was incredible. Leon Ruffin did a spot with his head in the ropes that I haven't seen in years. And I missed that spot, bro. Tyler, uh, Tyler Bate used to do that spot, and he would just – every time he hits it, it's a fucking pop. And Leon Ruff can do it. Leon Ruff – Leon Ruffin makes Lee Moriarty look fucking huge. And yes. And Lee Moriarty, when he's standing next to Matt Seidel, he always looks big. <laughs> so it's like – this is just a good pairing. And hey, man, shout out the guys. Shout out this match. This is – to me, this is an AEW dark match at – these are the kind of guys that should be getting the reps on AW Dark. Yeah. And elevating their craft. So,
0: well, I just like that Lee Moriarty is like he's treated now like like it's funny cuz if you roll back 9 months, like we were watching Leon uh, Lee Moriarty lose to people that he shouldn't have been losing to. 1000% like just because he was good enough that like cuz they would do this thing for a while where they would have people on Dark that were really talented like him, like Anthony Green, like random people, and they'd have a star come through that needed a win that they didn't want to put on TV that week for whatever reason, and they'd just they'd have a good match, but it would be like 10 minutes, and they would just not get to do much of their own stuff, and it would be really unfortunate, because you could tell there was something there with all of these people. Well, they had to start acknowledging that some of these people were good, because they were getting pops from the crowd and stuff, so like an yeah. example it, Lee Moriarty, like Lee Moriarty was a big-time Ring of Honor guy, roll back two years, you know what I mean, like but, like, he's there's obviously been a lot of shakeups since then. And it's just, like, it's wild how, like, guys like that. And um what is the guy that was the Ring of Honor Pure Champion before? What was his he's, name? He's
1: also on this show, Mr. Josh Woods.
0: Josh Woods. Yeah, so, Josh Woods was in that same spot for a while. Like, he was Ring of Honor Pure Champion, but he was being, being beat by people on AW Dark for, like, no reason. Like, it was wild. Yeah, like,
1: and so – Absolutely, and Moriarty hit the uh, elevated flatliner for the victory. Um, yeah. Bear Country defeated the Skulk. It's nice seeing the Skulk back, uh, Adrian Alanis and Liam Gray. And this this is pretty quick. Uh, the Skulk got in some offense, but shortly after, they caught Gray in a power slam while nailing Alanis with a power bomb. Moments later, Bronson came in and hit the cannonball for the win. So, cool, Bear, buried country. It's always nice to see them get some use. And you know, I we always like like to shout out these independent wrestling tag teams, like the Skulk, where you know most of probably like eighty five, ninety percent of their bookings are those legit, true independent wrestling. So, absolutely, it's nice for them to get get booked on the show because they can put it on their resume.
0: And it's probably one of those groups that you would have seen, like if you were trying to go and see one of your favorite former WWE. It's like, been a
1: couple months, man. People. It's been like three or four months since the last time we saw them. So. I think we saw
0: one of them a little while back. I I remember seeing them recently. Like, they've been back recently a couple times. But they have a good look, and yeah, yeah. Bear Country, man. Cool. Speaking Uh, of people who haven't been on in a while.
1: AQA, she defeated Avery Bro. Avery Bro was very aggressive in this match, and pretty much she kind of had the – almost it feels like the offense most of the match. And AQA ended up hitting her with the rolling neckbreaker for the victory, so she's still saving that shooting star press.
0: Good. I'd like to see it when I'd like, you know, that'd be awesome if she doesn't use that, that she uses this like neck breaker thing for a while. And then like she faces Nyla Rose or something and like hits that neck breaker, but Nyla kicks out at one. And so she has to use the shooting star press or something. That'd be awesome. Like,
1: yeah. And former ROH peer champion, Josh Woods defeated Barrett Brown. This is very quick. The story of the match here was uh, Tony Neese and uh, the shit, the simp appearing in the ring. Or appearing uh, outside of the ring sitting Sterling. in chairs.
0: Sit Mark Sterling.
1: Yep. So this is quick. Again, I love Josh Woods' takedowns. Gee, he's a big guy. He's got a great look. I love the little mouthpiece. I I truly think there's a spot in this business for him. Absolutely. Uh, Sonny Kiss defeated Lamar Diggs. Diggs kind of got the advantage early. But uh, I hate that guy's uh, ring gear. Lamar uh, Lamar Diggs. It's just as plain as it gets and it truthfully, I don't know. You just gotta, maybe that, that was his point since he knew he was just being a heater for sunny kiss here. So maybe he's like, yeah, I'll go something a little more plain, but either way it worked moments later, kiss tapped him up with a cross face. So Aaron solo defeated fuego del job. No nah, fuego del soul. Yes. Uh, pretty solid match. A del
0: vlog. Yeah,
1: hey del vlog. Future dark order. member, fuego del Sol. Let's book it. um, Yeah, I mean, I I got nothing here. Uh, They did some good stuff. I mean, it was
0: Solo versus Fuego, so it's a couple of friends. So they they put on a good match. They did some good stuff. Uh, I was hoping for more.
1: Yeah, the story was kind of, you know, still bitter about Fuego not joining the factory. So Marshall was out there. He hit an apron, distracted the referee. I mean, we're getting referee distraction victories over Fuego del Sol. So his booking has not been that great in this company, and we're getting that kind of uh, result, it, so at least they're taking him. I don't
0: know. I thought Fuego won this with a roll up. Am I wrong?
1: Nope. Aaron Solo defeated him.
0: Really? Huh. Yep.
1: This led to Solo hit a backdrop bomb for a very close near fall. He was frustrated at this point, which allowed Fuego to tap his arm and roll him up for the win. Wait, Fuego okay. did win. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess this just has it wrong.
0: Whatever. Yeah, it's weird. Sometimes they get those results. Uh, That's why I just write stuff in my own notes, so I don't get do anything wrong.
1: Uh, Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh had a uh, a quick squash victory, like you said. Singh delivered his signature spinning helicopter bomb on a man named Darian Bergston and his other partner, Gus De La Vega. We'll give shout-outs to their names. And then our main event of the evening was an eight-man tag. The Dark Order, which we called last week, Evil Uno 10, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds defeated the Wingmen, Peter Avalon, Ryan Nebeth, J.D. Drake, and Cesar Bononi. Uh, Nemeth and Nuno started off hot. Tags were frequent, pretty much, and I mean, the story here was the Wingmen kind of were just getting their asses whooped all, all match. They got one yep. last gasp, hit a few combinations, top rope maneuvers for getting a, a scumming to assist dive from Reynolds and 10. Um, Avalon was rolled in the ring and hit with a discus layer from ten, which gave Dark Order the victory. Dark Order getting victories the past couple weeks, it all led to them to get a beautiful promo on Dynamite, which we'll talk about in a second. But
0: yes, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, yes.
1: not a horror. I got nothing to complain about with these elevation and darks this week. I, I think there was stuff yeah, we had just- to look forward to, some good mm-hmm. matches, on both. A little yeah, different no, like, I- months ago when it felt like there was weeks on a row. We were like, man, this shit just. We got to move on. Well, I mean,
0: it still has the same problem that we had like six months ago, which is that they're just not featuring any stars, but it sucks because they won't. They, they So it, it, it alternates between two problems, right? It's like that they're not using enough big time talent on Dark, which is still not, but it's whatever. It's better now than it was. But the other thing is that nobody gets any time. This was, I would say, my biggest complaint about both shows. Nothing felt like it got time. Yeah, so, just
1: being already in the main event there, really, for, for Dark.
0: And uh, I think – I can't think of anything on Elevation. Maybe the main event got some time. Yeah. Because, like, Anna J was quick, you know? It's very so, – so Lethal and Satnam was less than 10 minutes, you know what I mean? So it's like – I'm, I'm not looking at actual match times. I'm just remembering what it felt like, you know what I mean? So it's like – And it
1: felt quick. I mean, of Kiss was quick, yeah. So let's jump into uh, AEW Dynamite here. So <laughs>
0: starts off with
1: this guy coming out with a full entourage, including Dan Lambert, Ethan Page, and plenty of fighters who – um people believed were actual indie wrestlers and not actual fighters. From yeah. It.
0: They didn't look like they brought in the MMA fighters this time, probably cause I didn't want them just getting tossed around by Wardlow. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: so this was a TNT championship street fight and I'm going to bury the lead here. Wardlow fucking destroyed Scorpio sky.
0: Was it a street fight? I mean, was it there is. any street yeah, fighting right. this to it? Like,
1: yeah. uh, this was a slaughter. This was, as people are calling it a squash, and I'm not going to sit here and argue because I can't disagree. Uh, what a,
0: uh, one thing I wrote in my notes that it's kind of sad that I had to write this, but it was true, was like, what a disaster Scorpio's title reign turned into. Um, oh, yeah,
1: dude. But it all led to this. It led to Wardlow being crowned champ. Now, Wardlow is the actual dominant champion. He wrapped up his MJF storyline and was still able to snag a title. So, you know, we kind of talked about it last week. Wardlow really can't. I, I, how was he going to lose this match? And we felt bad for Scorpio, but at the same time, his big moment was winning the title that second time over Sammy. So, uh, I don't know. We can go back and forth on this. Let me, I'll just talk about the match real quick.
0: Well, you know what's silly is, like, what was the point of not letting Sammy or uh, – or uh, what's his name? Uh, Frankie. I couldn't even remember how Frank who it was because Frankie was so inconsequential in that storyline. Um, but I – why, why even ban them from while Scorpio's is champion? So they banned them for, what, three fucking weeks, like, or whatever? Like, not yeah. really, but, like...
1: his second title reign was 70 days, so...
0: And he was... And they didn't even get banned until, like, halfway through that. So, like, if you combine the entire title reign that he had, I think it was, like...
1: I thought maybe they'd wrong. get by with the gimmick of a street fight, but... Uh, they say. didn't, and
0: I'll tell you why they didn't, because this is all that happened that was against the rules. There was a low blow, okay, fair enough. Uh, there was some minor interference with people stomping on the outside, but then Scorpio stopped them for some reason. What? But I mean, whatever. I guess he wanted to win it straight up. But like, even then, why? Why do the low blow then, right? Um, and then a belt shot. Those are the only things that happened. Wardlow did not take advantage of this stipulation at all. I'm not saying that he should have. He doesn't need to. But if you put yeah, yourself in a fucking know? street fight with Wardlow, Wardlow should make you pay for that. Like,
1: and he. I mean, he he. He had his powerbomb symphony, and...
0: Uh, Happy for Wardlow winning his first championship at AEW.
1: With a how massive is, celebration. How they botched
0: themselves into this corner, I don't know, but...
1: Hopefully now, in six months from now, we're talking about how this is still an ongoing title reign, and it's great, and they've elevated Wardlow even more. Of I
0: mean, course. the TNT title is basically like the 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 revolving door championship now, you know what I mean? Like the
1: TNT title is not where it was when Miro won this thing last May. So let's hopefully, let's hope it gets back up to that.
0: It's are we, are we going right. to, Did Sammy Guevara ruin the TNT title? Is that what happened?
1: No, because
0: I you know people I are going to say that. Like someone will say that eventually. I think like, it
1: just, there was a lot of short-sighted booking decisions with the title and it, I mean, the reality is Scorpio's range probably should have just been one week, but you can't do that. So there was just a lot uh, of yeah, – in
0: reality, Scorpio's range should have been like six months like we're talking about with Wardlow, and Wardlow should have won, probably won the world th- – or at least challenged for the world. See, there's no way that you could have – it was a disaster. If Scorpio never won – Tony booking-wise because he couldn't have had him beat CM Punk if CM Punk was – but you could have maybe used the excuse that, well, he's not gonna challenge a Forbidden Door because he wants to challenge somebody from Japan. You could have bought that, right? Yeah. But not Wardlow, but TM Punk wants to challenge someone from Japan or whatever as his first contender. But like I it was just horrible timing because MJF did what MJF does and he made Wardlow into a fucking star. You know what I mean? And yeah. not that Wardlow wasn't already there. I'm saying like because of that storyline the two of them ran, it turned Wardlow into like the most over baby face on the AEW roster right now, probably um that's probably that's probably not a stretch right like i think so like um, he's up there easily he's certainly up there and then like you can't then have him beat punk but you really shouldn't have him beat scorpio either because you're trying to build scorpio up as a legit guy too because he's been doing the tag thing for so unfortunately long.
1: now yeah scorpio's back to dark he he is this storyline is ran its <sighs> course uh he's he's uh yeah, he's, he's probably out of the main, te- main screen for a while now.
0: And so that – you know what sucks about that too? That means that Paige Van Zandt, who came in and did a great job, um, who I'm not sure would have been around at lunch anyway, but maybe for some one-shots here and there like she did for the one-tag match. Okay, that had been good. We just completely dropped the storyline for the second time with her and and Ty Conti now, which is a little like what the fuck. And then like um, – now, um, which is understandable because they inserted them into the JAS storyline, but like even then, like whatever. I'm just saying, like th- this whole this kind of, and I don't think fans of AEW are going to want to admit this right now. But as I Wardlow being as over as he was with the crowd for Tony Khan was kind of a disaster because as much as he wanted Wardlow to get over, I'm sure and wants everyone to get over, clearly he had plans that he couldn't execute the way he wanted to now. And he kind of had to pivot because he knew every he wanted everybody wanted to see Wardlow go after the world title because nobody buys that Wardlow would say I've got enough wins and I'm the number one contender or, or at least the number two contender or whatever he was at the time and I would rather go after the TNT championship because
1: yeah it's it's doesn't I mean, make his, sense we heard his excuses because it's the one he felt cheated out of by Max. So, I mean, they, they did try to cover their base with that, but I don't know. Hey, look, I'm just glad he hasn't lost steam. Wardlow was still as over as he was. He, the reaction. Well, yeah, no, it's because
0: this, this they had to keep Wardlow's momentum alive. Like now, I, but I feel like everybody's aware of the fact that they've just sacrificed Scorpio Sky in the process. Like.
1: He, yeah. And it kind of just, it is what it is. I mean, look, he's more over. That's. That's the way AEW is going to run. If you get o- naturally over, you're not going to get thrown under the bus.
0: I'm just saying, it's a bad look, man, especially after all the stuff that happened like last year. Like, it's a real bad look. Like, I, I feel like but... just,
1: he's just got to go.
0: And nobody's uh, saying that, though. And you know what's the problem is because everyone likes Wardlow. So no one's going to yeah. say it about, about no, Wardlow. Exactly. But like,
1: that's, that's why no one's mad.
0: That's they why I'm not mad.
1: I, I, I love be. that Wardlow won this title. Because we need this title to get back to what it was. I hope he keeps it the same colors, by the way. I don't know if he's going to do that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It felt like it was a Scorpio thing, so they probably will just change it back to the standard championship. Or maybe if it would be kind of cool if they – I mean, it will make the TNT title. It'll be like – the toy manufacturers will love this shit, though, but the video game people will probably hate it. Um but like I, I mean, I feel like you could do this with everybody. Like, you get custom side plates and yeah, WWE. Kind of have their own gimmick with it, so have their own look. You know, they've done custom championship belts for different people over the years, so they could do it. But yeah, I'm just, I, I just don't understand how we got here. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it should never have been like this. It should have. There should have been
1: the reality there is been something else. What Wardlow was in a storyline with MJF, it, it made the most. If MJF didn't exist. He would have won this title March 16th, but they had to go back to that storyline. You had to do that storyline. So Max cheated him out of it. Scorpio should not have redropped that belt to Sammy. They did it because they clearly wanted not only Honestly, yeah, if you
0: never up Scorpio's title reign, his title reign is then long enough for you to be like, okay, at least he got like 100 plus days of the yeah, title Yeah, it's like 120 day title reign. But because you kind of decided that you wanted Sammy to win it for the Heat, which ultimately didn't go anywhere, you know. Sammy like.
1: won it for that two weeks, and, you know, he became a three-time champ. But, all right, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, moving on here. Uh, Scorpio <laughs> squashed his ass, man. He's a new champion with a big celebration. Moving on, we had John Moxley backstage. The city wouldn't be caught off guard. He knows what kind of monster he's taking on a Brody King. But people are forgetting that Moxley's a monster too, beating Tanahashi's face in and cutting people up in blood and guts. Said so he knows who King is, and Moxley will find out just how bad he wants it. Step up or get stepped on. A little bit of Mark Sterling and Tony Nese backstage. They're trying to get a petition to sign Swerve Strickland removed from the roster, and they ask Lee to sign it.
0: Yeah, how the, how the hell is that a thing? There's apparently a document that you can get backstage to get someone removed from the roster if you get enough signatures. Like, oh, well, the how only did Tony reason I'm buying this a little
1: bit, bit I, I really don't like this, by the way, is, is uh, that he's a lawyer. But I, I don't know. To me, that's
0: funny. Even, even a lawyer, Like, what did, did he draft up these documents like two weeks ago or something? Like, what? Right. Like,
1: <laughs> what the fuck's he doing? Uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus appearance. Um, you want to take the lead on this one. Uh, what what did you think of uh, Christian Cage and, and Luchasaurus shit-talking?
0: so yeah so christian was like just continuing to fill the mjf roles what i'm just going to keep referring to it as cause this is basically what he's doing you know that's, a fair, that's um, a fair thing it feels like obviously it's not the same quality as mjf because mjf has his own thing that he does each time but christian is talented enough on the mic that he kind of sort of just leans in on some things maybe he wouldn't have gone for or wouldn't have been allowed to go for you know in the wwe right um I did not expect this soon after everything that happened for them to be like calling Matt Hardy out from the back and just addressing it directly. Um, Ballsy. Yeah, it's ballsy. I mean, obviously Matt was okay with this. I would assume if he's in any way able to contact with Jeff, they talk to (laughs) Jeff. Um, Right. If he's, if he's allowed to contact people while he's in treatment, if he's assuming, I think he's in treatment anyway. Well, while he's getting help anyway, Um, we'll just call it that until we hear details. Um, and but then he Matt Hardy just kind of has to sit there and take it from Christian for a bit and like Christian said some really personal things (laughs) like um like basically blaming Matt saying like yeah you were trying to ride his coattails on one last run and so you didn't care what he was doing and like that's like some mean shit and then like uh Christian also like saying that he because he thought he was friends with Jungle Boy even though they barely knew each other that that he's made jeff sound like the sober one and it's just like i christian is just i keep writing it as going too far in my notes he obviously hasn't gone too far yet my fear is though when i heard somebody else say this it might have been Alvarez, it might have been somebody i can't remember is that they're gonna get to a point with this where someone is gonna say it's like well, christian's gonna say something he probably shouldn't um and it and everyone's just gonna be like Ugh. but i don't know i i I'm just curious. I don't know what this is ultimately going to... Obviously, we're going to get Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus at some point, and probably Jungle Boy versus Christian at some point. After that, I don't know where you go with them with these two as a pairing. I'm sure Luchasaurus can fight other people. I'm just kind of like... It's like... It's one of those burgeoning storylines, or whatever the term would be. Like it's, it's on the verge of being a thing, but I don't know where it's going to quite go. They can go a lot of directions with this, so... That um, they can, yes. But... Um, I was not as high on the next segment after this, but I, I yeah, Evil Luchasaurus is just – it's really interesting because – It is.
1: And Christian, again, dropped the f- some fucking big one-liners that yeah. had a lot of people talking, and I think that was the whole point, point of it, but yeah. It, uh, Heal Christian, best way to put it, you, you said it, taking the place of MJF right now is it's a complete comp that we want to see fucking get his shit
0: kicked. I mean, I think they're testing to see, like, if we want to have a character like this, if MJF's contract doesn't get sorted out, do we just have Christian, like, teach? Because I think his voice doesn't quite sound right for it. I'm sure Luchasaurus could cut promos like this, like... He's, he's intelligent.
1: Luchasaurus, yeah, he he's very
0: good. We need to get a, a, a pro, we need him to get the mic handed to him and him just say some like fucking like reference some like medieval torture device or something that he knows about like you know and say I'm yeah, gonna bro, do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that to you Brr. you know like instead yeah. of uh, yeah a video pack recap blood
1: and guts. Menard said he did it for Jericho. Regal said he had never seen such destruction. Kingston said he wanted more. Claudio Cassignoli and Jake Kager were backstage with Tony Schiavone. Hager said Claudio wasn't tough enough and as hard as him. <laughs> Pointing yeah. out Claudio had never won a world championship, unlike him. Claudio said that he beat Sabre and Jericho's team at Blood and Guts. Next week he'll go 3-0 against Hager. Look, the, this, this matchup coming, it, it's fan service. It's for the people that were a fan of that tag team. Except yeah, for we're whatever. the people chance. And it's it makes sense in the storyline that he beat his ass and Hager wants revenge because Hager's the heater. So he's a little upset. But... Yes.
0: Yeah, he's like I was supposed to be the big man, and you, made us tap out. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> <laughs> well put. You you can't sum it up any better than that. Uh, swer- swerving our glory, they defeated the butcher and the blade with the bunny. So this match is kind of was spread across the commercial breaks here. Little uh, still working out the kinks between their tag team.
0: Yeah, dude, I've never seen. I've not seen anybody botch a leapfrog like that. That wasn't on like dark in a while. Like that was yeah. wild. And uh, uh, blade took a, a knee just like right to the back of the head. It was brutal. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're planted it off that they're not on the same play page there. So, the match, it was just a rankings match, and Butcher mentions that multiple times. He's like, Look, we can get in our rankings. We can get more money if we get in the rankings and get to the championships. Yeah. And, you know, hey, it's the easiest story in pro wrestling. You want to make more money. And that was Butcher's side of things. Uh, Swerve fired back, took out Butcher with a running thrust kick, and then he and Lee hit a doomsday sent on for the win. The story here really is after the match, right? Uh, yeah. Hobbs and Ricky Starks interrupt.
0: Yeah, Hobbs on the mic. How about that?
1: Yeah, he's tired of the disrespect. Starks was tired of them asking, acting like they're no, like they're something. Ricky
0: Starks started ascending into the stratosphere during this promo. Ricky Starks
1: got fucking hot, and he said he beat their ass (laughs) ass right now.
0: I (laughs) love love it when Ricky gets hot, bro. He just goes out there and he's pissed, and he's like, "Fuck you."
1: Takes that to the next level, man. And Ricky Starks, dude, I I was eating this shit up. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was eating this up. And then the Bro. Young Bucks music
0: hits. He vibes like, not, like fucking Ric Flair. Like, you know when Ric Flair would just get going? Like, that's what Ricky Starks does to me. Like and Ricky
1: Starks is fucking incredible.
0: The Young Bucks music There's a he's reason he's a pillar. There's a reason he's a pillar. Um, Absolutely. Uh, and now the Bucks are in on this. And we're going to get, what is it called? The triple or nothing tag match, which is going to make me hate myself. because yeah, Matt be puts three over three the people. tag division
1: before reminding everyone they're the top dogs mm-hmm. in the division. Nick referenced the Observer saying they had a four and a half star match, double or nothing, an off night for the Bucks because they knew that would get some heat. But they couldn't get the job done. Instead, it was the Bucks who get Jurassic Express. They proposed a triple or nothing next week. They were drowned out by a massive FTR chant, which the Bucks clearly were like, nah, fuck that. Uh, the three way tag was made for next week. Vic the- Garrett, the storyline that they're running with has to be it has to be that the Young Bucks are scared of the FTR.
0: Oh, it has to be. Man. I mean, that's that's the story that the FTR has been saying like every interview if for the last. time. Like,
1: chance, I was getting like a years. fucking schoolgirl because I'm like, yes, yes. I was like, bro, the crowd's so it.
0: into do, is, uh, FTR. There's a reason FTR. why Dax Harwood is in the conversation for Wrestler of the Year already. Like, it's like you know, Dude, so
1: just all in all, what did you think of the match here? And then this this uh, we talked about Starks, but this this promo after setting up the triple tag that is, I'm sure, yeah. fucking kick ass.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be an awesome match. Um, yeah, other than like like almost the bu- almost blade dying, that was it was it was fine. Um, there was a really good hot tag from uh, from Keith Lee at one point. Yes, yes, um, good, good mention of that. And then uh, Lee made a really last second you save. Uh, the last second save might have been a little late. The referees need to get their shit together. Is all I'm saying. Like I'm not saying it's the ref's fault. I'm just saying like if, if they're not on the same page with these pinfalls, they need to get on the same page. Like. um, Cause it's not, it's making it's making it look like the amateur wrestling promotion that it actually is sometimes, and like you know, like, <laughs> it, it's just bad. it's shit only happened, like I never even remember even the happening in Impact, really, all that much. You know what I mean? Like, so I'd have to go back to the tape. But as far as I'm aware, like, so like y'all just get it together, referee corps. But uh, but no, yeah, it was good. And Ricky Starks, like I said, he ascended into the stratosphere on the next uh, on, in the in the next segment, later in the next like little section after and uh yeah then the, the young bucks you know polish or you know coming in, in the segment is um yeah it, it just does a really well put together segment i really wish we were getting ftr versus the bucks next week obviously but we're not um we're gonna probably save that for a pay-per-view um but uh the fact that the crowd's already that into it tells me that that's gonna be like probably it might be the biggest match of the year honestly that like,
1: match truly is it's ftr at their full potential and the young bucks are there and it's this is people what are even hating me about.
0: for saying this now, but y'all need to get ready for the Young Bucks to lose that match because there's no way the FTR are dropping three championships at the same time that involve politicking from other promotions. No, sure. that's
1: if they are. I'm, they might not be holding all of them.
0: They have to be. No, they have to be. They can, they, you can't do that match without FTR potentially winning all the games. we'll talk There's about Death shot.
1: Before Dishonor, but I don't know, man.
0: Nah, if they drop to the Briscoes, then I'm just done with fucking Ring of Honor completely. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. So, I'll, be, I'll be like, you know what? Oh, yeah. Ring of Honor title match? Skip.
1: So after that, we jump into how's of Black cut up video promo. Black says he's envied the pain Moxley inflicts on himself and others. Brody King will leave his mark on him to even further... Cool. Eddie Kingston gets a promo. Shivani asked Kingston about Jericho, but before Kingston answered, he congratulated Wardlone and everyone on his team at Blood and Guts, even Claudio. Turned his attention to Jericho who didn't bleed. And then, yeah, he's just pretty much cutting some heat on Jericho. Jericho interrupts on the video board where he had Tay Conti slam a car door into Ruby soul host in So... Uh, setting up a couple yeah, I guess, things here we're gonna get a Soho. you gotta you gotta, you gotta make
0: sure you can't put ruby soho on tv because that would maybe <laughs> make her get over you know um
1: yeah so instead slam the car door on her. <laughs> shout out kingpin uh
0: <sighs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's an eddie kingston promo right cool
0: yeah No, it's good
1: with jericho doing some fucking sports entertainer shit
0: the yeah, feud absolutely. continues Dark Order
1: promo and someone wrote Moments like this are why it's impossible not to root For AEW uh, Rochester is the late Brody Lee's hometown Evil Uno, Silver, Reynolds Ten, Anna J. Negative One Were out there, Silver was hyping up the crown Evil Uno teased A disbandment but he said The Dark Order is here to stay They have a proclamation and he knows who should say it He handed the mic to Negative One But QT Marshall interrupts calling Negative One A charity case QT said nice. Brody Lee was a legend but Negative one takes after his mother. Challenge negative one to a fight, but then Hangman the music's page. Hangman page's music hit. Uh, he in the Dark Order beat down on QT with ten hitting Brody's discat lariat. Negative one said he'd wait to pin QT until he's nineteen, playing the long game. But I mean, look, Throw. this was beautiful. I mean, this is just this was sentimental.
0: It. Honestly, I honestly thought they were gonna break them up for a second. I was like, did you we, really need to bring out negative one for like God, what the right? hell, like. Right, and Um, I was like, "No, man."
1: Also, it kind of brought the dark storyline to TV, like in a weird way of doing it. It kind of did because they are feuding on Dark. So,
0: I mean, that's not the first story. I mean, we had a storyline go straight jump from Dark. It was so good they just put it on TV, and that's you know the the Serena and Mercedes thing. So, like, you know,
1: yeah. So that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah. I mean, anything else you got from that promo?
0: Um, I mean, you know, it's just good that the Dark Order. They're gonna. I mean. So, it seems like the Dark Order is going to be a much smaller faction now, probably, unless they add new and members. just the types. six of us.
1: So, that's including so, negative one.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, it's going to be who's left, and it sounds like it must have been... I would assume after Stu and Alan both decided not to resign, he probably went to everybody else in the Dark Order and said, You're going to stay, though, right? And they were like, yeah, and like...
1: Loki just kind of getting out, because he's going to ring up honor now, so...
0: Oh, yeah, Cole Cabana. Yeah. He's gone now, so. I'm not surprised that Cole Cabana is going back to Ring of Honor, to be honest with you, but um, and his kid kind of fits more of that Ring of Honor. And he was on, I actually liked what he did on that Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor show. I, I enjoyed the match that he had, but. Yeah. Um,
1: um, so JR gets brought out for hour two. Next was the Penta match that we covered.
0: Uh, Penta Smoked says over, no
1: <laughs> Smooch over Jay Lethal. For the ROH Television Championship is announced for Death Before Dishonor. Lethal, Sanjay Dutt and Saddam Singer backstage. Dutt is ecstatic, saying Lethal would win the title. Lethal said he wouldn't take Joe lately, but he'd take his championship. Talking about how they finally got Joe out of his cave. Do
0: you think we're going to see Joe at some point? Like, hopefully soon? <laughs> like,
1: Hopefully. Uh, Sterling and he's backstage looking for more signatures. gets word fired. They ran into best friends who scoffed at them. And after some Sterling and Dan House and shenanigans... Niece and Cassidy was booked for Rampage, which we'll get into. Um, the Acclaimed and the Gun Club versus Ruffin' It and Fuego del Sol. Bear Boulder Bear Bronson, and Leon Ruffin and Fuego del Sol—all guys who were featured on Dark this week. I like that they're were featured on the squad. No, featured on that, and then brought to this. Always nice. During the Acclaimed entrance, the Gun Club grabbed the mic from Caster, not letting him do his rap. So I was yeah, pissed. Uh, top 10 anime betrayals was,
0: you know, that was, I knew it was over then. And I was pissed. I was like, no, how could you come off?
1: feeling beat down?
0: He's holding up one last scissor, one last scissor for
1: daddy ass. And he doesn't fucking do it.
0: He thought about it too. He was like, he hits ah. him with the
1: Famouser and top 10 anime betrayals right there.
0: Absolutely. One, one thousand percent. Um, it's a sad day for all of us, right? <laughs> But now we, get, we now we get daddy ass and the ass boys versus acclaimed, and acclaimed are going to be baby faces. Let's
1: go. Yes, sir, and they're going to fucking roast the shit out of them.
0: Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm so excited to have a baby face Max caster who's just baby tearing face. everybody to shreds.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. A Miro video yes, promo aired. He said Malachi Black was someone who prayed on the flawed, which doesn't work on Miro, who is flawless. The Redeemer is coming. Hey, yo, I'm ready for the Miro versus fucking Malachi.
0: Let's go, dude. That's gonna be like Yeah, it's bloodbath. Um, oh, we have that audio. QR Mira went. He's not in white rooms anymore. He's in dark rooms now. Um, <laughs> so
1: <laughs> he's transitioned, man. Come on. He bought the new fucking DLC pack. <laughs> got his ass out of there. Here, Gary, you take the lead on this one. We got thunderstorm defeating Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir.
0: Nyla and Marina came out with umbrellas because they were fighting a thunderstorm. <laughs> Lamau. That was pretty funny. I rolled my Um, eyes, but
1: then I laughed. I'm guilty.
0: Marina Shafir um, actually has gotten pretty good at uh, at chain wrestling. You could tell at the very beginning of this match. Um, And uh, so Marina's picking it up really fast, which is really cool. Um, Because remember, like six months ago, we were like, oh, man, I hope she figures this out soon because she's good. But getting those reps in, man,
1: we talk about it, getting the reps.
0: And getting her on TV like this, hopefully the crowd will start to remember that, like, hey, this is a person, like, I honestly wonder if like because that was such a weird crossover time in wwe when like all these mma women who weren't known to the wrestling world i wonder if that's just her problem they just don't know like they just don't know who she is you know like uh, but if they did they'd be like oh shit this is actually a big deal that we have this chick like you know like um because this is like this is the one of the i know again people are going to take that or be like oh, probably not take me seriously if i'm going to say this but I feel like that's one of the biggest robberies they got out from underneath WWE, just releasing everybody was one of the four horsewomen of MMA. Like, um, absolutely,
1: and she's married to Roderick Strong, who is someone who's fucking incredible at professional wrestling.
0: He's got to be making his way over there soon, right? Anyway, um, oh, we got to get the the full undisputed elite. But anyway, um, dude, but anyway, yeah, no, I mean, I, in uh, Tony's excuse me, um, I'm, I'm not sure if this match was just like cut. And a lot of matches on this show just got cut for time because they didn't feel like they got that much. Uh, Tony's still out of control with the hip attacks. Um, I'll concede that this team works, but I still don't understand the purpose of it. Is it just like because you don't want to run back Tony versus
1: get him on TV? They, I but, think he really wants Thunder wrestling more on TV. And this was a so way why to not get her? let her
0: wrestle on TV instead of
1: get, this was a way anyway. to get her in a match. You know, it 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 just.
0: But you know what they're going to do? The last time they leaned into a team like this was the Blackpool Combat Club, and they think they're going to do the same thing here. But they're not. Like,
1: yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't think
0: Thunderstorm is going to start a faction of badass women. It might. It'd be cool, but I don't think it's happening. Like, that'd be pretty nuts. We'll see. I don't yeah. know. Th- yeah. Thunder has got the charisma to do it. They just don't let her use it ever. So we'll Jade see.
1: Jade Cargill and the Baddies were backstage. Jade was annoyed about Hathaway recruiting Layla Gray to the Baddies last week, but Hathaway said it took a even three
0: Jade three didn't like last week
1: to turn someone to their side. Jade says if he doesn't deliver, he'd be in trouble, and he dropped a fucking Stokely Hathaway line. He said, "The World Championship can have an interim holder. We can have an interim Baddie," and that fucking got me. Of course, that's how they're going to do this. She's uh, interim baddie, <laughs> Yes. I really think he pitched that on his own, and I'm not even – that's the kind of guy he is. I guarantee you he fucking pitched that and was like
0: – "This is." He probably great. just met Layla Gray backstage before the match when they were going to squash her, and it's like, hey.
1: Dude, and they're also – What are you doing besides just-
0: this on this show? Are you on Dark this week? No, I'm not on Dark this week. I'm just on whatever it was, Dynamite, that they had her squashed on. Like, and – and then but they gave they, they to so Tony beautiful. and they, were they like will
1: just ignore him. Like it's it's brilliant. It's great. They give him the side eye. I I love it. Interim baddies. Stokely Hathaway fucking that this another dub for him already in a short AEW career. <sighs> Danny Garcia was backstage he said you doesn't strike out Superior's apart and he'll see Yuta at death before dishonor. Garrett, I know you're hyped for this. I
0: uh I sent you a card like a couple of days after death before dishonor was announced, uh, like on like the Tuesday when that, the dark with, I think the pure championship match on it, maybe, or something like that. I sent you what I thought was going to be the card for death before dishonor. And so far I have been 100% accurate on what I predicted. I'm not going to reveal it all here just in case some of it's wrong. Um, but I'm actually I could just tell everybody what I was thinking. I mean, I'm four for four so far. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I get like six of the matches wrong or something. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Here, you, you. I'll hit this next segment. And you pull that up.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, FTR
1: were backstage. Cash said no match had ever taken as much out of them as their match at SuperCard of Honor. Death Before Dishonor is coming up, and there are still some who think they're the best in the world. They challenge the Briscoes for one more match, which spoiler alert, it was accepted. So. FTR versus the Briscoes. I'm fucking down for that, dude.
0: Um, I actually don't have it. apparently I just sent it to you in in messages. I didn't actually write it down anywhere. <laughs> oh, so fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the other matches I had besides the ones that have been announced, I think I put um the Gresham versus Le- Mor- Moriarty match, which hasn't been officially announced yet, but is pretty much confirmed at this point. Um uh but like I mean, it was mostly just things that make sense like serena versus uh mercedes, mercedes was another one which yep. again wasn't confirmed but they kept teasing yeah so it's basically it's all the matches you think that will happen and daniel garcia versus buda was the first thing that i was like you gotta do this while this feud is still going like
1: this is the way you have to and i'm so glad they are but yeah, man. Let's get to this main event. We had the Interim AEW World Championship match. John Moxley, he defeated Brody King. I believe this was a, a very good title main event. This was a yes. good first defense for John Moxley's title reign here. Depending on, you know, if it is his second title reign or not, that's still to be determined. But he defeated Brody King, and it was a good showcase for Brody King. I gotta say, yeah. I think this accomplished what it needed to. No one thought King was going to win. But no. it needed to look menacing and he needed to get himself over in the match, which he did. Um, he looked it kind very of accomplishes
0: strong. sort of the same idea that, like, okay, so you had Hangman beat Danielson to get legit, right? Because everyone needed to see that Hangman was on the same level as Kenny, right? Okay, fair enough. He did that. Then you had him face Lance Archer. And the reason why that made sense is big, massive, hulking dude. He beats him. Now he's, like, super legit, right? Okay. Yep. I feel like this is John Moxley's version of that. We didn't need to see him because we've seen him beat. Um, did he win against Danielson? Yeah, he barely beat Danielson at the, at, at, uh, the pay-per-view when they were feuding. Um, and so you kind of already don't have to do that, but you don't need to do that anyway. We know who Mox is. He's been a former champion. He's been all over the place and won championships. So, but what, what Brody King does in this is he kind of acts as both because everybody knows how good of a wrestler Brody King is. Um, and like they just knew exactly what we wanted from this match—heavy striking, really physically imbru- physical and brutal. There was a chop from Brody King at one point that just sounded an awful and folded mock. I've never seen Mox just like folded by a chop. Oh yeah, he before. put him over. And uh, they were just so loud with those chops. They hit like every kind of suplex. I think a, a slam, like some slams. There was a pile driver at one point, which just looked great. And I think Brody a lot of King definitely like put some
1: respect on his name for people that were kind of thrashing him a little bit for being like, really? Brody King's going to be Moxley's first guy? Yeah, this is the Brody King, dude.
0: He's legit. Well, that's kind of the thing. Like When they first brought in Brody King, unfortunately, they just brought in a lot of singles wrestlers since then. He's one of those guys that would have been in a tag team. If they hadn't brought in Buddy so soon to join that group, I think, honestly, they would have had more time to breathe with Brody and they would have just had them both wrestling singles matches before their tag matches, but they wanted to do the, obviously the triple feud with death triangle. So they had to introduce people, but it was just like, um, It so hopefully we see more out of Brody. I mean, uh, it doesn't feel like it, but I mean, if you put it in the right feud, you could do matches. I'm honestly shocked. I think we already have Brody versus Penta. Like, isn't it a little weird that now that you think about it, that we never got like Brody versus Penta or Brody versus Pac or Brody Mm -hmm. versus Ray? Like, we could have gotten any of those matches. They just didn't decide to do it. You know, maybe they will now. Maybe that was, but uh, yeah, it's a little interesting. It looks like like he's
1: going to be facing Darby Allen next, so that's kind of cool too.
0: Maybe and, this is just the chance. They're like, Yeah, we'll put you in something.
1: Yeah. Uh, the finish here was King wanted the Fire Thunder driver. Moxley escaped and rode King up for the two. He hit an unhooked DDT followed up by a hammer and anvil elbows. He looked for the bulldog choke, modified it into a sleeper. King fell backwards to break the hold, but Moxley popped up and locked it on again, leading to a referee stoppage. Uh, and the show went off air at an awkward time, but, uh, yeah, hey, it worked. Uh, Moxley... Victorious in what I believe was a, f- a fun, enjoyable main event match. Takes us in a rampage where we had an opener that was great that we already spoke about. Yes. um Athena and Statlander cut a promo on Jay Cargo, calling her a coward afraid to defend her championship. Perfectly, uh, the promo executed what it needed to. Hook video highlighting all the ways he's throwing people around made them tap out. So just a little hook pa- pa- package.
0: It feels like with these packages, they're slowly distancing Hook from from Danhausen, and it's probably for the best.
1: Yeah, I I think they're they're done. It it, it feels like with Danhausen back with the best friends and Hook here, they're like, look, our tag division's still growing.
0: It feels like Danhausen was like, we can do Hookhausen, but then they had no idea where to go with it, and then they realized if they do Hook for like a year as a part of this tag team, and then they don't win the tag titles really soon, like. It, there's just no way you can book that and and have them like they couldn't have had as much as I like Danhausen the kinds of matches AEW's tag division kind of demands you know, um, so but it is fine. I mean, I'm glad that Hook's gonna at least maybe it does feel like we had like two or three months where Hook was just spinning wheels. You know what I mean? Like because of this, and hopefully we can and make up for some of that uh, last time. He's
1: going into something else now. I, I'd love to see him do more stuff with Team Taz again. I think that's be good. That'd be a good spot. Uh, the Gates of Agony. Soa Leona, and Khan uh, with Tully Bancher defeated Lee Moriarty and ROH world champion Jonathan Gresham. Hold your feet here before you get crazy thinking. Uh, Caprice Coleman did commentary for the match, and Bobby Cruz did the ring announcing. The match was going pretty well, but Gary, Gary, Garrett, (laughs) the story here uh, (laughs) is Jonathan Gresham has joined the Gates of Agony? Is he part of uh Tully Blanchard? I think he
0: joined, yes, I, say, I think he joined Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Um What do you
1: think of that? I mean, and he kind of walked I mean, out of you, Moriarty setting up a, I believe, a heel turn for Gresham.
0: Makes me excited because hopefully Jonathan Gresham is gonna sit down with uh Mr. Brian Cage and be like, all right, let's let's touch up on some of your fucking wrestling, bud. But um <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest you know how i feel about brian cage great look phenomenal but he just gets gassed in like two minutes and he just can't do that much it doesn't seem like or if he can he just can't he's not stamina he doesn't have stamina to like move he has that unfunctional strength that people talk about a lot right like he looks awesome he can't lift shit though like not like functionally like he can lift in the gym i'm sure but could he lift that weight and then carry it across the ring and then do a slam to it i doubt it like you know like um but anyway no and i'm just so hopefully that happens but um, yeah um totally blank yeah, yeah, Though i'm
1: liking the storyline for ROA. Yeah, gresham
0: hard. gresham cage and then now gates of agony as well uh, so it's like i that's a cool faction i hope they do something with it i assume this will be the new like lead faction maybe that's the kind of leading the the pack and ring of honor maybe um I th- you know, it kind of like makes me think, well, damn, there's no chance that Lee Moriarty's winning the title now, unfortunately. But, um, yeah,
1: no, I, you know, th- he, Gresham needs to be your champion. In my eyes, I think for until they have something solidified with what they're doing with Ring of Honor.
0: Whether it makes it difficult to do those title he, matches for a while. So,
1: yep. So, but I do think Samoa Joe could drop it, and I, he probably will.
0: Yeah, there's a good chance. If they want Joe and like pur- purely in AEW, I would say, yeah. yeah.
1: Eddie cut a promo backstage, uh, Kingston praised Takeshita, promised Jericho's blood for Ruby Soho in the Blackpool Combat Club, challenged Jericho to a barbed wire match. Every drop of blood is a sin that you've committed, Chris, in the last of tr- and that last drop of blood before you pass out. That's for my Ruby. Eddie Kingston fucking killed this promo. This feud this is still this going this? on, and I love it.
0: I love it. Do you much. think this ends the things between those two specifically after this match? Do you yes, think this maybe- is the last match? Okay.
1: 100%. Okay. You can't go beyond a barbed wire death match. You just can't. Yeah. Right? There's no, <laughs> There's yeah. nowhere to go, man.
0: Exploding barbed wire death. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Serena Deeb and ROH Women's Champion Mercedes Martinez picked up a quick squash here. Uh, Coleman still being on commentary. Great touch. After the match, Dean clotheslined her and locked in the serenity lock, and she quickly tapped. So yep. I guess uh, another one of your predictions pretty much. Pencil in D versus Martinez at the pay-per-view, yeah?
0: Uh-huh. Well, So I ruined my notes. like I enjoyed the slow burn of the storyline. Like They let it build up for a couple of weeks. Agreed. And it if, you, if nice. you look back on this historically, if you ever go back as a Ring of Honor fan, like if this is something that you go back and watch when Ring of Honor is back on weekly TV, and you go back and re-watch, I assume it'll be on Fight TV or something like that ring of honor death before dishonor and you want to go back and see where this feud started you now have to go back to random episodes of AEW dark you know um which i think is kind of cool because it it just it makes you then look at AEW. but um but it was the correct time to advance this we needed a match for mercedes at the pay-per-view and there wasn't time to just throw in new people so it would have felt forced so this made sense um agreed i kind of wish i could have seen where the storyline would have gone over time though but what are you gonna do Definitely
1: thought we might have got a match versus Thunderstorm.
0: That's it. But, but, you know, you got to have stuff for the pay-per-view.
1: Yeah. So, Shivani interviewed Gresham and Blanchard. Gresham was sitting at home until Blanchard called him up. Despite signing a contract back in March, Shivani announced that Tony Khan made Lee Moriarty versus Gresham for the ROH World title official for next week's Rampage. Cool. Fighter Fest week one. Some more matches. Speaking of those matches, I'll hit those in a minute, but we got our main event here, which we had Orange Cassidy with Dan Housen defeated Tony Sneese, Tony Sneese, Tony Nese with Smart Mark Sterling. I I, I thought this match worked pretty well, man. I, I'm glad Orange Cassidy's back. You can feel his presence back throughout both shows. He worked a good main event match here with Tony niece um, I'm liking the pair the pairing of Nice or uh, of Cassidy and Danhausen, but this to me just elevated Cassidy's stock even more after that fucking brilliant match he had with Orange Cassidy, or uh, fuck Will Ospreay. God, I'm butcher I'm butchering all over the place. Uh, <laughs> but no man, this this was really good. This was high impact. Um, Cassidy did a Stundog Stundog millionaire and a, a Noka driver for a near fall. And Cassidy puts that into a spinning DDT. I mean, dude, the, these guys had great chemistry together. And shout out Tony Neese for working a fucking main event of Rampage, man.
0: There's like the third or fourth, I want to say, main event of Rampage he's had. Or maybe not main event. And of it's, it's like a, a nice talk, on. dude.
1: It's He gets all these reps in on Dark. And I I feel like these little nods here are rewards for, like, hey, man, we we appreciate it. We appreciate That's you kinda
0: weird. repping on shows. weird kind of weird both of these guys kind of have a similar style, but they really don't actually like they're really kind of clash in a lot of ways, but it worked. Like there's this thing in wrestling where sometimes like they can be completely opposite styles of wrestlers, which they're not in this case, I don't think, but they're not exactly the same. So like, you can't really compare them in my opinion, but what you can do is say, well, their styles really melded together. Well, That happens in wrestling? Sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to line up for it to work. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know, like I, I, um, there was some really cool stuff. Like I wrote down a bunch of stuff, but like I don't even want to go through all of it right now, like because we're already like almost two, uh, an hour and twenty minutes into this. But, um, I mean, like Nice, I, well, this is actually something I do want to say. I did not realize, I guess, until this match, Nice when he hits the ropes, he runs like really fast. Like he does, man. Like, I didn't realize how fast until like he they did like a little spot where you could see it, and I was like, damn, he went, he was, he was fucking cooking there. But, um, yeah, no, I don't know. I, uh, I'd never seen a counter to the sunset flip like that, where he just, he held onto the ropes and then, well, then he kicked him in the head and then like, it was just great. You know what I mean? Like, um, it
1: was, and and I feel like the show was, it was really bookended by great matches and
0: I, Oh, there was a tornado DDT counter into a Northern light suplex that I really thought looked great.
1: So good. Uh, jr let me also mention this jr really did put over orange cassidy on commentary a lot
0: well yeah because i he said the thing that i honestly expected which was that like at first he didn't get orange cassidy but now he's like a really big fan which i'd say i was in the same boat it's not that i didn't like orange cassidy i was just like i thought he was in that same category as like some wrestlers who were just kind of like don't take the business seriously, and to some extent, that really annoys the shit out of me because it's like, well, then why are you working in the wrestling business? But you know, um, but you know, he does not as bad as the Bucks. He doesn't get on my nerves as much as as Matt and Nick do. So he's <laughs> fine, um, and he also actually appears to take it really seriously when you actually look at the guy. Like he just um, knows his character. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah,
1: man. Um, that'll do it for the the matches of this week. Good, very another strong dynamite, another strong rampage, a very strong rampage actually, in my opinion. This was a really yeah. well done rampage. Um, that didn't have uh, any championships defended, nothing like that. Just great matches, and that's nice to see. So, Fighter Fest next week, Garrett. Claudio Castagnoli versus Jake Hager. This is Wednesday. Anna Jay versus yes. Rina the AEW World Tag Team Titles: Young Bucks versus Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee versus Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs.
0: You know, we actually didn't mention this at the time. One thing I will say: I don't know why. Like again, I I don't know. I guess they just wanted to have a big title match, maybe like for the tag titles on the show. But like, it doesn't feel necessary for the for the Young Bucks to come out and beat two up and coming tag teams. I just don't understand the point of that. Like. Well, just, uh, yeah,
1: I, I think in booking, the only reason they did it, well, because the Ricky Stars keep saying they're the best tag team. Uh, again, yeah, I, I they're doing a little bit of what Jurassic Express did, walking out and becoming the ones issuing the challenge. Right? I, I see what you mean by that. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But hey, I hope that match is great. Uh, oh, King it'll be a great just match. I just, I,
0: it's like why, you know, no one's no one's question, like no one's gonna I believe the Bucks are gonna lose after just winning the championships. So it's like, but if they could have just had like a really good like 2 match, I don't know why, why I mean, I don't know.
1: Fighter Effects next next Friday: the ROH World Title, Lee Moriarty versus Jonathan Gresham, Private Party versus the Lucha Brothers, and a Gun Club interview. Dude. This sounds like right up my fucking alley.
0: <laughs> I assume we'll get another. I mean, that doesn't feel like the full.
1: No, no, no. We'll, we'll get another match. Usually we don't even have anything from Rampage, but I guess with Fighter Fester, maybe it'll be live. And I hope it is. And then yeah, so week two, we got the Kingston vs Jericho in a barbed wire death match. The Jericho appreciates decided it will be suspended in a shark cage. Garrett, was this a Shark Week idea pitched by Warner?
0: I pff, fuck fine now. Um...
1: Do did, did did you think they had a memo like, hey, guys, so we'd like you to do something for Shark Week.
0: It could, it, I, I, I could see it i mean like i
1: right i bet that's what it was and, and like, then
0: i mean it's know? not like the fucking shark cage thing is new like it was an old thing it's just like when there's a reason why it got buried when wwe did it like because this isn't interesting like the, what what is the point like if it'd be one thing if someone was suspended above a cage like by the villain I always thought this would make so much more sense like the it's always the villains who are suspended in a cage so they can't interfere right and then the gimmick is that they always interfere anyway right so like um I always thought it would make more sense if like the villain suspended the good guy's friend in a cage and like to win to get them out of the cage. I know this sounds really hokey, but this would make a lot more sense than just suspending some bad guys in a cage. Like you got no other way to prevent them from going to the ring. You could just ban them from the building like you know <laughs> like
1: yeah no exactly it's
0: not like it's not like you know it's
1: gimmicky right agreed agreed uh, so it
0: doesn't i i don't care for it but it's like it's whatever (laughs) like you know it'll i'm sure it'll be really fucking funny to see the jas up there but like
1: exactly daniel garcia will be in a silky and we'll all we'll all rejoice yeah Yeah. daniel garcia in a silky give me
0: what i want (laughs)
1: all right (laughs) But that'll do it for us, guys. Thank you for checking this out. Thanks for checking out last week's Blood and Guts. Um, those of you that stuck around, uh, we really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. We will be back next week We're talking about Fighter Fest Week 1. And, yeah, man, that'll do it. Catch you all on the flip side, Vision.
0: Scorpio Sky. More like Scorpio by there, bud.